Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. Hopefully you're feeling a little bit comfortable amongst this seat. I've opened the door out there, so hopefully you're feeling a bit of flow through the church, not just the Holy Spirit flowing through your heart at this moment, but also some cool air to just make you a little bit more comfortable today. Today's Gospel is the second part of a reading that talks about witnessing to Christ. On our Christmas Day service, I spoke to people about the fact that we have to be witnesses, that John, from the outset of his Gospel, calls us to, be, to have an incarnate and personal relationship with God so that we can witness to what the Word is doing in our life. So today's Gospel is about, well, what are we witnessing about? And how is this gospel meant to be spread? And so we look at the, uh, the first part where John the Baptist speaks about who the Messiah is and how he identified the Messiah and what the purpose of the Messiah is. When we read the Psalms today, I'll just um, scroll back to where the Psalms were. We read of... We read of we pray to God that I have spoken of your faithfulness and of your salvation. We have John the Baptist who identifies Jesus as the Messiah, as the one who is faithful to us and has come to wash away our sins. So the message we are meant to give is that Jesus comes to cleanse us from our sins. Now, this is where this, this idea of sinning and what sin is seems to cause a lot of consternation between a lot of our groups in the church. And sin, in terms of a biblical response, is just a breakdown of relationship. We sin when we don't have a relationship with God. We sin when we have a bias that takes us away from what the message of God is and what we are proposing. John talks about the Messiah being the one who takes away the sin of the world. So, the one who takes away all the things that stop us having a relationship with God. So we can now have a relation, a full and full and loving relationship with our faithful God. Everyone, when we look at everything else, it becomes bias. We might give Jesus the title of the king or the teacher or the prophet or whatever title you might give, which is well-deserved, I'm not, I'm not questioning those titles. The Lord is my king and my master. But the fundamental part is Jesus came to save me and save all of creation and restore it back to God. So Jesus' part in our life is to have a relationship with us so that we can have a relationship with God. So how is that going for you? How are we developing our relationship with Jesus? Do you feel that you have a space for Jesus to come into your life, to talk to you when you are making big decisions? Or do you have a space for Jesus to celebrate all the joys with you? Do you have a space for Jesus when you're feeling a bit lonely or, a bit, or feeling a bit of despair in your life? Or do you have space for Jesus when to praise God and give thanks that he allows your heart to have compassion, care, and love for others. We often think of having a relationship with Jesus as those bits where, well, Jesus, you're with me, I need you. But Jesus is also there to celebrate with you. 
when God sends out the disciples in twos, they come back telling him all the good that had happened and the bad. So it's, a, it's supposed to be a joyful relationship. It's supposed to be a relationship where we feel like we have a, an advocate, a helper for us. But at the same time, we also have someone to share the joys and the amazing things that happen in our life. So do you have a bias in that? Do you bring Jesus down to a list of rights and wrongs and pass that around to people and that helps your relationship? Because I've seen many, many people do what would be considered rights on a list and yet when I scratch the surface, their hearts aren't quite with Jesus. The ways of doing things, they might be doing things outwardly to show their love of Jesus, but inside they might be moaning and groaning and feeling quite disconnected from God. So we've had the law and Jesus comes to fulfil the law. He comes to say that the law that we have has to be taken into our hearts. It's not just a checklist or a task list. It is something that comes into our hearts. I love my God in my heart. I love the people around me in my heart. So hopefully as we look at the first part of the reading today, we can say that what we have to talk about is not the list, but what Jesus did to save you, what Jesus has done to restore your relationship with God. Because when we talk about our relationship with God, it's our relationship with ourselves as well. Many times I think of the time, many times I think of when Jesus had come into my life and the first thing that I always notice is that he allowed me to have a love of myself inside. He allowed me to connect within my heart to who I was and to learn to love all the harsh things that I've done well and all the things that I haven't done well. And there's a big list of those, believe me. I don't wear this collar to say how um, perfect I am. I, show, I wear this collar to tell you that I did a lot of things well and God could redeem me and God could sanctify me to bring you a message. So let's think about the fact that the first part of what we have to share is that we have been saved, that salvation is with us, that Jesus is the Lamb of God. So having got that information, we now move on to the second part, which is where Andrew and uh, the other disciple take us. And of course the screen goes blank, so let's go with it. Let's see what comes out now. When we see where Andrew and... The first thing that Andrew and the other disciple do is say, well, where are you, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come, come, come with me. And we move over to the idea that when we are with Jesus, he takes us in a space, in a place that is going to be different. Because when, when um, Andrew comes to speak to Peter, we haven't had any miracles, we haven't had any sermons, we haven't had any, we haven't had any of the things that we read about further down the track. All we've had is Andrew and the other disciple going with Jesus staying with Jesus and then all of a sudden Andrew comes out and goes and speaks to his brother Peter and says, I have found the Saviour. So what was it about that moment? What was it about spending time with Jesus that allowed him to come over and say, I found the Saviour without any miracles, without any teaching, without any great arguments or debates? It was just the fact that his heart was stirred and his soul had finally found a connection to 
is Almighty God. When we talk about speaking to people, we might talk about the idea of, well, you know, we could have Christological arguments about who Jesus is. We can have theological arguments. We can have great debates. And I've seen debates, uh, some of my favourite ones were Father Bob and John Saron on the ABC at different times. I don't know if you remember those those moments where, you know, you'd have the two arguing that God exists, God doesn't exist. But the fact of the matter is, from, from reading today's gospel, the only thing we really need to say to someone is not what you're going to do or how you're going to live, but look what I found. Look what I found. I found peace. I found joy. I found love. I found something that brings me a connection to God. So do you want to come and see? Because the next invitation to Peter is, well, come with me. He doesn't sit with Peter and tell, try and convince him of everything. He tries to take Peter to the source and the place of the word of God. And in John, the word of God has come down to earth. Jesus is the word of God for us. But now as, we, as Jesus has returned to heaven and we wait for his second coming, we become the word of God. We become the ones that have gone to see Jesus and are now speaking to someone about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. During the week, we had a... and Sorry, Maya and Jane, who my wife and kids who have heard this story because I was so joyful on the day. But we had a, I was trolling through the Facebook pages just seeing what was happening in Glenroy, Merlinston. And one of the things that happened in Glenroy was someone had gone to an op shop had left their food and had gone to buy some clothes and by the time they'd come back, their food was stolen. And they're all, and people write, let's find this person, let's, let's, let's hang them by the nearest tree, let's call the cops, let's... I, I saw all the... I was quite intrigued and I thought, wow, they're all paying out, but no one's actually talking to it. So I said, well, look, our food bank's not open yet because we, I've still got a few boxes to pack. Yes, Violet, we know. And, um, but... Uh, if you come past, I can give you a couple of boxes of food. And then all of a sudden, the conversation had changed. It had gone to, oh, wow, maybe we can find this person and ask them to go to food bank instead of stealing the food. Thanks for that. Wow, let's keep supporting each other. Isn't it nice to see that we have a place or space? There wasn't a big theological argument. There wasn't the priest ranting and raving about people and saying, well, how could you possibly be wanting to harm this person, let's find them and help them and da, 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 all the things that can follow. It was just being in Jesus, ministering the way Jesus would have by saying, here, i got some food, come. Come over here. Taking people into a space and a place that was away from anxiety and worry into love and compassion and concern. Now, can I suggest it was just a couple of sentences on Facebook that said, look, let's not argue with each other. I've got food bank. Come and get some food. And if you find out who the person is, there's a flyer attached which you can print out and hand to them. So let's think about what our place is when there is anxiety and worry and when people are looking to turn on each other in various ways. Happy are the peacemakers. Happy are those that comfort those that mourn. There are a lot of things that we can do to help each other. There are a lot of things that we can do to, to show how Jesus works in our life. So, 
again, the question is, as I always like to do it, how are you going with that? How are you going with sharing how Jesus has worked in your life? Are you pointing the finger and saying, well, you know what? You're my friend and you shouldn't be doing this and I'm not happy that you're doing this and this is what Jesus would say and, and we're just chopping at them and giving them death by a thousand cuts. Or are we going, oh, look, I've seen that you were sad. When I was sad, I tried... What is, what's, going, what, what's the sadness that you've got? Because I know that I've, I'm, I've gone through that journey. What's, what's happening with you? And just to say, well, come over here. Come and see another way. When we come to think about the way that we should bring Jesus to people, when we look at the gospel and see what it's saying to us, it's not saying go and demonise people and tell them because you've demonised them that Jesus is going to fix anything. It says you love Jesus. Share your love of Jesus by loving others as God has loved you. So it's very important that we constantly work through who we are and how we witness to ourselves, to ourselves always, and the others around us. Andrew had come to Peter with the expectation and reality of who Jesus was. When he was peaceful and understanding of, what Je- of who Jesus was in his life. It wasn't a strategy around ministry. It wasn't having the right music or the right TV or having a, ser- a TV at all, at all or having the best uh, mixer, which we certainly do have now, thanks to Grant putting all this together. Like, um, we have an amazing worship space now that's come together. It's not, any, it's not about that, but sure, it does help our comfort. But what it is, it's, allow, it's about allowing Jesus' word to wash over us and allowing the Spirit to work in us so that we can find the Peters in our life, those that are close to us, and share, not this Peter, but just the Peter, I meant that metaphorically, Peter, not you, not you particularly, <laughs> but to just... Um, but just to find those that need the word of God and to share that with them, not by judgment, but just by saying, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. For us and our parish, we come to meet with Jesus each and every week. We receive communion at the table of God. Some would say that's a great climax to our life, but that's not the climax. That's just the start of your week. That's just the start of receiving the food for your spiritual nourishment so that you can go off and have conversations, so that you can go off and have ministry to people. When we are bringing Christ to people, the conversation doesn't start. The conversation doesn't, might not start in the church or it might not start in a holy facility. It might be talking to someone as they're sitting in the gutter waiting for a bus or someone that's homeless sitting on, sitting on your back porch feeling like the world's turned against them and they don't know what they're, what they're, where their next uh, connection is going to be. When we are bringing people to Christ so that Jesus can make a connection with them, we ourselves have to be in that vulnerable place of compassion that says, Jesus knew me and died for my sins so that I could have a relationship with God the Father, even when I didn't acknowledge him. 
See, even when, G- even when we didn't want to know God or we knew of God and just ignore him, he certainly knew of us. And he allowed his spirit to surround and keep us. So let's go through the week and say, I found my saviour, come see. The Lord be with you.